reading, thinking about this verse in Daniel 10. Um, so I was left alone gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale and I was helpless. Sounds like a Hope Church prayer meeting. Then I heard him speaking, and as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep with my face to the ground. Sounds like another sort of Hope Church prayer meeting. A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. This is verse 10 of 10, if you're looking it up. Sounds like another Hope Church prayer meeting. He said, Daniel, uh, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you and stand up. For I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up, trembling. Um, why am I reading that out? Because it's in the latter part of, of Daniel's life. And, and I was kind of thinking, how, how much longer is it going to be that we tremble, fall over, go funny colors, end up with our faces on the ground when God shows up? Um, yeah, do we kind of grow out of this? I don't know if you've had that thought or is you know this has been happening for three years or so to us and actually to me personally for most of my Christian life if I'm honest so it's like sometimes you do think am I ever going to grow up or grow out of this or and then here's his here is a he is a wise old prophet and he's outlived one king already so this this guy's been around if you read the rest of the book he's had many incredible uh, breathtaking encounters visions etc and here he is and it's happening to him all over again. Uh, and what, what you find is when it's okay that when God shows up, your body does a flaky. That, that's, that's what this is, the, this is saying to us. And we're probably never going to grow out of that. And, and in this case, it's an angel. I think some, some of the things that happen to us are, are, are as, as angels show up. The presence of angels affects our, affects us bodily sometimes. Um, this is the Bible. Don't look at me like which planet did you come from? Right, this is I just thought it might help somebody today. That, that that's that that's kind of where we are. Um, just to say as well, just thinking about next year, which none of us are, but as a church leader, you have to. You can't just think about Christmas. So, just thinking about next year, just want to sort of land it somewhere on your radar that. In February fifteenth uh, to seventeenth, we're running a conference as a church. Uh, do you remember we did Heaven Invades Glasgow with Julian uh, more than just over a year ago now? Do you remember that? And was it good? Incredible prophetic stuff, uh, healings, just wonderful. Well, we're doing that again, and we've sort of souped it up a bit. In that Pete Carter, remember Pete and Kim have been, uh, and again they're seeing incredible things. They have a guy. A young man who uh, autistic, who they prayed for, and is now returned to mainline schooling. Not saying he's completely healed, but he's improved so much that he is back in mainline schooling. And they're in their school. They're seeing you know incredible miracles. So we've got Pete, and we've got Julian, and we're running a conference called Heaven Invades Glasgow. I, I personally believe heaven's going to invade Scotland, uh, but it can start here with us. So put that in your diary it's already up on the website that's 15th to 17th of february and if you haven't already done so 
because I know what happens Christmas time, you think about holidays for next year. Uh, on the 24th to the 26th of May, we have Danny Silk coming to do a conference. So I know it's a bank holiday weekend, but actually, you know, sell your granny to come to that conference. That's not a very, we're going to do culture of honor, so that wouldn't be a very honoring thing to do. Bring your granny to the conference, that's what we should do, and see her blessed and honored by it. Um, Danny Silk could fill his diary three times over going around the world, and he has asked to come to us. Look, just look, give me eye contact, he's asked to come here. We should do him the honor of rocking up, <laughs> all right? So put it in your diary, don't book your holidays over May 24th to the 26th. Because I believe, again, that can be a Scotland-shaping time where we release honor into this nation that, that I believe it's an absolute key to see more of God on the move, all right? The other thing we're, we're shaping, the, so we're shaping the year around probably three conferences. We're talking to Kevin and Teresa Dedman about coming in the autumn. Do you remember Kevin? He's amazing. I mean, he laughed a lot, but he, amazing stuff happened around him. And uh, when we were in Bethel, uh, Teresa, Jan and I met with him for breakfast and we had a really good chat. So we're in an email conversation with Kevin about coming. The goal of both Heaven Invades Glasgow and Kevin and Teresa coming is to lift our high water level of encounter and experiencing the miraculous. The goal of Danny coming is to lift our, our understanding, revelation and behavior in the realm of creating a culture which can sustain the invasion of the kingdom of God. Amen. All right, so the, if you're thinking about what am I going to do Christian-wise for input next year, put these things in your diary. Spend the time and the money to do this. We're kind of shaping our year around these, these things because we believe passionately that God is pouring out His Spirit, that the kingdom is invading the earth, and, and we need to kind of increase our level of both experience and understanding of how to do that. Uh, and the other thing we're doing through the year is we're aiming to do four weeks of 24-7 prayer. We did three this year. Go church, that's amazing. And I believe, I believe that's just going to rock your world, rock the city. And, and just be thinking how, make it a priority that you spend an hour at least in that prayer room because it will change your life. It's, I think it was Jan McFarlane says, I want to call it 24-7 encounter. Uh, and that really is that you encounter him and he encounters you. All right, so that's shaping up for, for the new year as a, as a church. It's going to change us and propel us further into all God has for us. So that means I now have 30 minutes to talk to you. You can do it on YouTube. Uh, you to, yeah, go for it. We're an alarm clock. <laughs> you want to turn to uh, John chapter 3. We were there last week and I'm... But quite a lot of you were away last week. It's that kind of time of year, I know. And we had an amazing time, actually. The dedications were just superb. Uh, tons and tons of people visiting, which was just wonderful. I, I want to talk the next few times, really, I, I, how long this is going to take. But I want to talk to you about Heaven's Blueprint for us. And... And it's important that we connect to this because this is really what God has been 
literally downloading on us for three years, and he wants us to be something. And he wants us to line up with what he wants us to be. And, and I think it was this week, I was, I was thinking, continuously thinking about the issue of identity. But this is really important. You can't steward well what you don't identify and own. You can't steward well what you don't identify and own. That's true for us individually, but that's true for us as a church. So we need to identify and own the call, the identity that God has given us as a community. And we need to identify and own the call that God... It's not the, the call that God has given you because actually we all want to be able to say we've been faithful stewards, yeah? Parable of the talents, he gives us stuff. We want to say, he, God gave me this and then come back with a good return on what he gave us, Okay. You have to identify what it is and line up with it in order to steward it well. It's not humility to say God didn't give me anything when he did. All right, more about that another time. John 3. Famous story, Nicodemus. Verse 1, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member <laughs> of the Jewish ruling council. I mean, this guy was at the top of his game. He came to Jesus at night. So he was a Pharisee, he was in the ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you're a teacher who's come from God and no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. And I just want to say this again. People know that when the supernatural happens, the message is interesting. And we live in a world fascinated with the supernatural. Uh, I've talked to people, you know, different people in their workplaces, and some people would estimate between 30 and 50% of the people they know that work around them have already been or regularly involved with some kind of tarot card reading, seance, going to some sort of spiritualist, etc., etc., there are people doing magic tricks, then they're drawing on demonic power, they're making strange stuff happen. People love that stuff, they're fascinated by that stuff, and, and it's luring people in. This guy says, I know you're from God because of the miracles you're doing. His interest and his understanding was arrested by what Jesus was doing that gave authenticity to what he was saying. And I believe, church, that we are in this season where we're getting back the power of the Spirit to arrest the attention of the nation to then listen to the authentic words because they've seen the authentic demonstration. That's what this is about. It's restoring normal Christianity. So he says that and then says, Jesus replied, and we said this last week, but it's a bit like two conversations happening. So the Nicodemus says this thing and then Jesus said, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. You think, well, how does that relate to what he just said? Well, because that's exactly what he's just talked about, but he doesn't know it. And, and a better translation would be that unless he's born from above, 
So he's saying no one, no one can see, and later on he says no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he's born from above. I find that exciting. That's a better way of putting it than born again. Born again can mean all sorts of things, but born from above means that something has to have happened in you that happened from outside of you. Something other and something above has invaded your life. And I think that phrase, born again, has been banded around Christianity so much that we've forgotten how important it is to have heaven invade you. And that is not just an option, that is how you begin as a Christian. So this idea of heaven invading earth, of being aware of heavenly realms, of of walking in the spirit, and and, and of having dreams and visions, this is where we begin. This isn't a... This isn't an upgrade or a novel idea or something new. This is is what we are beginning with. He's saying to this teacher, to this learned man, this man of of leadership authority in in Israel, and he's saying, you know what? If you want to see the kingdom of God, if you want to enter the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, as Matthew translates it, it talks about it, then you need to be invaded by heaven. For starters, that's the beginning of the normal Christian life. And he says, how can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter the second time his mother's, mother's womb to be born. And the guy's just thinking naturally all the time. He's just thinking about what he sees and what he can comprehend. And Jesus is trying to say, the whole point of this is that you need to think differently. This is going to mess with your learned brain. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of... See, he doesn't answer his question. He says, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God. So first he said, no one can see it, now no one can enter it, unless... He's born of the water and the Spirit. Now, these guys were waiting for the kingdom of God. They were wait. This is what they were about. They were waiting for the kingdom of God. They wanted the kingdom restored to Israel. It's just the kingdom they were waited. They were waiting for is not the kingdom that showed up in Jesus. They were waiting for political power. Lots of Christians are waiting for political influence and believe the way forward is political influence to change the nation. I don't think that's what we're about. That can be the fruit of what we're about, but it's not the goal of what we're about. We're here to proclaim and declare and demonstrate a whole different kingdom, not try and modify the one that we're in. The fruit of proclaiming and demonstrating a different kingdom will be that we will change the one that we're in, but that's not our goal. We're not here to be politicized as Christians. Hello? Jesus said, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he's born of water and the spirit. Oh, spirit now, not heaven. This is confusing. Born from above equals being born by the spirit. So where does the spirit come from? Top of the class. 
Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. And the problem is that your flesh and my energy and my striving can produce, but all it's producing is more flesh. And there's too much earth in the church and not enough spirit. And no matter how hard you work with your flesh, you can't make more spirit. doesn't matter how hard you try, you can't make heaven come. You can't make you look like heaven. And sometimes I think we spend loads of energy as believers trying to look like something that we actually don't need to use any energy for at all. The kingdom of heaven is infinite. God is all-powerful. And we're busy trying to be kingdom people with all our fleshly energy. You have to be born of the Spirit. Is this making sense to anybody? You've all gone really quiet. Just say, say something to me like boo or ouch or nice or... <laughs> I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God. I can't get off this verse unless he's born of water and the Spirit. You know, it's possible to hang around in church a long time and not get born of the Spirit. Because people learn what it is to do church. They know how to push the buttons, show up, smile in the right places, not swear in front of people, give their tithe. It's important that you're born of the Spirit. And you can't do that. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at me saying you must be born again. And then in case he thought he was in control of this process, he said, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. just emphasizing this we are not in control we can call out to him but we need him to invade us and not to make it up how can this be Nicodemus asked now he gets told off (laughs) you're Israel's teacher I think there's lots and lots of us who struggled with things of heaven And yet we know our Bibles really well. And in fact, as we talk about things of the Spirit and things of heaven invading earth, actually we're struggling. We're struggling to know what to do with it. We're struggling to how to interpret it. We're struggling. It makes our brain hurt. It makes our eyes run. We're like, well, this is gobbledygook. Let Let me go somewhere where I can understand what they're talking about. That's what's happening with Nicodemus. He's an expert and he doesn't get it. It's like Jesus is saying this stuff and he's saying this stuff and they're missing and it's like Jesus is speaking Chinese to a guy who only knows Israeli, Hebrew. The thing is, he needs to wake up quick to the Chinese because the Chinese are coming. (laughs) 
Just thinking, no, no, but the kingdom of heaven is coming. It is coming, and it's coming more and more and more. The Holy Spirit is moving. He is coming, and He is moving more and more. So you may not understand it. You may not have the language for it. What we talk about may freak you out, but He is coming It's time to get used to that and, if you like, be converted again to a Christian that understands that fundamentally Christianity is about heaven invading earth. It begins with a heaven invasion. It begins with being born from above by the Spirit who you cannot control but who wants to birth you again. In fact, the verse that we quote quite a lot about we are new creatures, yeah? 2 Corinthians 5.17 If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Yeah? We know the verse, many of us know that verse. The new creation, the word there, new creation, is ex nihilo creation. That's Latin for making something from nothing. So, you are a new creature. God didn't breathe on your old stuff and improve it. He didn't take what was there, he didn't take earthly material and make something slightly more heavenly out of it. He used nothing of earth to create the new you inside of you. He breathed his word and spirit into you so that you now have the divine nature dwelling inside you. And it's not made from you, it's not made from earth, it's made from Heaven. It, it's the same word as creation, i.e., he made the, we all believe he made the stars and the planets and the ground that we sit on, yeah? That God, God, who is spirit, made the physical time-space universe by saying something. Do we all believe that? Come on, look at me like you're awake, yeah? I know it's chilly. Why don't you sit closer together? That would help. <laughs> Peng, penguins learn something, you know. <laughs> I've got a coat you can borrow. There's also fan heaters. If you sit near those, it really helps too. Anyway, God, God who is spirit, all right, he's not a material being. All right, and I use time space universe on purpose because it was God created both the material, this dimensional world we live in, he created time and space. Okay? By saying something. Because he is outside of time. He doesn't live in a time zone. So he speaks from this invisible realm where nothing physical exists and his speech creates physical. It creates time and space. It creates material things. We all know that. We all believe that, don't we? So yes, Andy. Well, when you're born again, he speaks and he creates from his invisible realm something brand new inside of you from that realm into you. So you become a heavenly creature walking around with an earthly body. You are born from heaven. You are born from above. Your origins now are in the spirit realm, not in the natural realm. That's fundamentally who you are. You have been heaven invaded. Is this helping you? Our life has been spent trying to work out how earth works, and that's quite hard. And our tendency is 
to spiritualize earth rather than be conformed and transformed into heaven's thinking. What do you mean by that? Let's read a bit more of the passage. It might help. So you're Israel's teacher. So you can have all the teaching and not get this. We are taught to use our brain as the final arbiter. We are taught in our culture to process everything mentally and to learn information. And we learn lots of information. We think we know something when we have the information, not when we're doing it. There is no allowance in the, the worldview that we grow up in for an invisible world invading the visible. And secondly, if there were an allowance, it is seen as suspicious and suspect if that happens or you believe that can happen. Follow me so far? What I'm saying is the invisible world has invaded your world. It's the superior world and the language of that world is the language that you need to get used to because it is coming and it is coming more and it is the answer to this planet's problems is not to be a sort of earth-thinking but with a bit of Bible knowledge, it's to be a heavenly creature walking on the earth. You'll get it. <clears throat> I tell you the truth, we speak of what we know and we testify of what we have seen. But still you people don't accept our testimony. See, tr Jesus had the same problem as me, I'm really excited about that. I have spoken to you earthly things. Man, this is earthly. This is basics. Jesus is saying, this is like simple. If I speak to you of heavenly stuff, you don't, how are you going to cope with that? It's, um, it's my paraphrase. Then he says something really weird. He says, no one has ever gone into heaven. Why does he say this? Have you ever thought that? You know, when you're reading down Bible passages and you think, okay, I, I get that, don't get that, get that, don't get that. And then there's something completely out of left field. You think, whoa, that's mental. I'll forget it and move on. <laughs> no one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven. Uh, the Son of Man. Okay, so we know it is. And in the margin it says, who is in heaven? So stay with me here. To start with, he's saying no one's ever gone into heaven, so no one's gone ev into heaven. Let, 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 let's just for a moment, let, let's park heaven up, because that kind of helps, and earth down. So no one has ever gone up, apart from him who's come down, who is still up. There must be a translation error. But let's just, break, let's just break this down, okay? okay? No one has ever, you say, no one has ever gone up except him who's come down. 
which implies that he's still going up. I know he's going to go up, but it also implies that he's still going up because he then says, in the, at least in the marginal re- rendering, that he is there anyway. So he, he was up, he came down, but he's still going up and he's actually still up anyway. All right, I'm confusing you to help you. This is what the text is saying, all right? This is the Bible. It's saying, Jesus is saying, no one has ever gone up there except him, i.e. me, who came down here. That means I'm going up, and by the way, I'm still up. Let's just kill him and get rid of him. He's he's mental. That's what some people said. If you talk like this, people think you're mental. No one has ever gone up into heaven except him who came down. Right? If we move all this into the future, it's easier. If we go, well, he came down and then he goes up. That's what it's about. But it's not what it's about. And then he says, just as Moses was lifted up, which up are you talking about, Jesus? <laughs> Went up what? Just Moses lifted up the snake in the desert. Well, snakes, now we're into snakes and deserts. So the Son of Man must be lifted up. All oh, right, we get that. He's going to be lifted up. But that lifted up isn't into heaven, it's lifted up on the cross. So there's too many lifted ups here. It's just messing with me. That everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. Oh, we get that bit. No one has ever gone to heaven except the one who came down from heaven, the Son of Man, who is in heaven. And then we like verse 16. God so loved the world that who gave his only son whoever <laughs> believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Woo! <laughs> but we never preach the context, which is all this up-down malarkey. Must be born from heaven, invaded by the Spirit. That's what he's talking about. He came to die on a cross so that you could have a heaven invasion by the one who knew what it was to live in heaven and on earth at the same time. That's really what he's saying. It is, honestly, I can prove it from more verses than this one. (laughs) Jesus is saying that I was up, now I'm down, but I'm still up. And occasionally I still go back up. And eventually I will go up, but when I go up, I'll come down to you. So that you can be up where I am, so that you can be on earth and in heaven at the same time. And while you're here, you can go up there, and while you're there, you can come down here. It's kind of upstairs, downstairs. <laughs> just, just go back, just, go, just stay with me, right? Don't, don't stone me as a heretic. This is the gospel. Uh, chapter 1, <laughs> verse 51. Chatting to, Nicode- to Nathaniel now, before Nicodemus. 
the translation being, he then added as a side, I tell you the truth, you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Oh, really? See, when we read the Bible, we go, oh, I don't get that, and move on. But every page is one of those. That should tell us something. This is coming from another place that doesn't fit the place that we live. It doesn't fit the way we think. It messes with us. It's like Chinese. And then we find a verse that sounds like English. Yes. We found one that we get. For God so loved the world. We like that verse. We preach on that verse. And then it goes back to... And then there's another verse that we go, yay, they parted the sea. We get parted the sea. We don't know how he did it with a rod, but yay, God broke in, yay. And we preach on that stuff, and then it goes back to... I read in my reading yesterday, I read about Elisha, right? His servant chases after... Who's who's the guy with the leprosy? Naaman. And said, Naaman's offered Elisha money and, and, and he turns it down. But the servant rather fancies some of this guy's cash. So he runs after him and, and, and makes up some fabricated story about prophets coming down needing clothes and silver. So, of course, he gets it, goes back, hides it. And the prophet says, my spirit was with you. I saw exactly what you did. <laughs> Philip's on the roof. He's hungry and he's a bit dozy. He dozes off and then he has a vision. And he hears a voice saying, arise, kill and eat. Peter, thanks. See, you know your Bibles. I was reading this morning, I'm like, wow. Hebrews, it says, we have tasted of the powers of the age to come. (laughs) We have not come to a mountain of fire and smoke. Some of us wish we had because we could feel that. (laughs) Oh, it's fiery and it's smoky and it's a mountain. It says in Hebrews 12, we've come to the heavenly Jerusalem, to myriads of angels in festal assembly, to the spirit of righteous men made perfect, to God and to Jesus whose blood is better than the blood of Abel's. Wow! (laughs) What does festal assembly of angels look like? I think we're supposed to know because we've been born from above and that's what above looks like. It's not jargon, it's heaven. You've been plugged in. And it messes with you. No one can see or enter the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God apart from it first invading them. That makes sense now, doesn't it? (laughs) 
And this invasion is meant to reposition our life experience and our whole grid reference for the how we do life. It's supposed to change our glasses. But Christianity has been really good at putting the old glasses back on and explaining away all the difficult spiritual bits. I was made the same way the planets were made. I was born from God's voice. And he created in me heavenly substance, divine nature, not warmed up humanity. He installed in me a heaven-to-earth transceiver, a widget. But that really is just such an unglorious name. It's the divine capacity to commune spirit to spirit, earth to heaven, heaven to earth. To go up and come down, to be there and here simultaneously. And that means we need to get used to, hey, 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 I'm going to finish on time. We need to get used to heaven's language. Colossians 1, so Colossians 3, 1 to 3 says, if you've been since then, see this makes sense. Colossians 3, 1 to 3 is a parallel verse to what we read about John three thirteen. You know, about Jesus being up and then coming down and then going up again. Yeah? Listen, in that context, listen to Colossians 3, 1 to 3. If you then have been raised with Christ, yay, raised, say raised. Raised. Seek then the things that are above, say above. above. Where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above. Where were you born from? Not on the things that are on the earth, say earth. For you have died. Say, I have died. And my life is now hidden with Christ in God. I know that's hard test, but try again. My life is now hidden with Christ in God. Where's Christ? Where are you? Where should your mind be? So actually, it's not true that the more heavenly-minded you are, the less earthly use. It's completely opposite. We've tasted the heavenly gift. We've tasted the powers of the age to come. We've tasted the goodness of God's word. We are those who've come to innumerable angels in festival assembly, to God, to the spirit of righteous men made perfect, and to Jesus whose blood speaks better than the blood of Abel. That's our realm. That's our home. That's our normal place of being. And we do earth from heaven. (laughs) In fact, see, these verses... You quit, like the Colossians verses, it quit, immediately goes on to speak about Christian behavior. Like, oh, okay, we get that. We know how to do behavior. 
But what we must factor in is he's talking about behavior because he's just explained that you live from a heaven mindset, not an earth one. Don't just go to behavior. You have to go, what's the source? Where am I? Who am I? What no eye has seen, remember that verse? Or ear heard, or the heart of man conceived. You can't invent true Christianity from the human mind. You can't create what you think heaven is like from an earthly mindset. You can't engineer revelation. You can't extrapolate it from things you already know. You have to be born from above because it says that these things he's made known to us by the Spirit. All right? Hello? Things that no eye has seen nor ear heard or the mind of man conceived, God has prepared for those who love him. And this he now reveals to us, is revealed to us by the Spirit. It's 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10. So we need to get used to the way that he communicates. Jesus didn't live from his mind first, from earthly assessments and perspectives. He did what he saw the Father doing, and he said what he heard the Father saying. So he was up, remember? So John eight thirty eight. I said, I tell you what I have seen in the Father's presence. He was a man of the presence. He was a man of experiential reality, of being in the Father's presence so he could see and hear what the Father was doing so he could see and he could do it and say it right down on the earth. This is us. Remember, Jesus is a model of us. He is who he has now made us. We are people of heaven and earth. We are people who can be in the Father's presence. We are people who can hear his voice. We are people who can see in heavenly realms. We are people who can be so and are so intimate with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that we are wrapped up in family trinity. Our identity is more heaven than it is earth, and we can do better earth now because we can bring that realm into this realm. Okay, I'm going to land with this. You ready? Fast your seatbelts. <clears throat> you would expect your experience to be different, would you not? If it isn't, call out to God till it is. If what you've experienced in Christianity is just warmed up what you had before, it's better than that. You know when heaven's invaded you. If you don't know it's happened, ask him. Seek him. I know people will say, oh, we can't lift up experience because people get disappointed. What about those who haven't had it? I want to lift up experiencing heaven invading you because that is hope. And if we water it down, then we reduce the opportunity for breakthrough for hundreds and hundreds of people. I want us to be thirsty for more, not content with less.
Okay, here we go. Landing gear is down. 1 John 4:17 says, As he is, so are we in this world. doesn't say as he was. I love this bit. Okay, he's talking about Jesus. Where is he now? Up. Seated where? With all authority and power over all things. The guy who wrote this wrote Revelation, and in Revelation he sees him in this blazing revelation of you know this exalted Christ and all his glory, yeah? Have you joined the dots yet? <laughs> it says as he is, so are we in this world. So the plan is that we change the world. I, I think maybe maximum 12 people who get this could change a planet. We've got 12 volunteers. Let's say it again, as he is, not as he was. As he is, the exalted, the glorified, the powerful, the majestic, ruler of all, seated at the right hand of the Father, actually you're seated with him, so as he is, so are we in the world. So we are manifesting the glory of God, the glorified Christ. We're carriers of glory. We're carriers of resurrection life. We're carriers of authority over all things. Because that's who he is. He's not going to be crucified again. Christians are not called to live at the foot of the cross. They're called to live on the throne. Because there was a cross. I'm not denigrating the cross, but we don't live at the foot of the cross. We're called to live on the throne. If you stay at the foot of the cross... <coughs> You'll live in defeat and no victory. Amen. I think we should just stand and <laughs> what's that? And and, and why don't we, you know this, you know, hands up, when you read bits of the Bible and it is like, <laughs> yeah, the supernatural bits for us, how many of you, it's just been messing with you? You read it and you think, oh, you're listening to me and you're like, oh, I think I'm going to join another church. Just, <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, it, just, it just kind of, 
Come on, there's, I know there's more of you than are being honest. Come on, I release honesty in the room. Just, it's just a, it's a str- I know this church isn't that perfect. Come on. How, how many of you, you could do with some more help to recalibrate your head and your heart to connect with heavenly realities? That, that's, that's, maybe I'm asking a question badly. That's it. Okay, why don't you uh, place your hand on your head? <laughs> just, as, just, just as a prophetic act, all right? And let's, let's pray that we have less noise and less Chinese and more revelation of the Holy Spirit. Because really, it, it is, we need to be renewed. Ephesians 4 tells us we need to be renewed, not just in the content of our mind, but in the spirit, the pneuma of our mind, the spirit that controls our mind. We think our mind controls the spirit, but it isn't true. That's a lie. Your mind is controlled by spirit. The question is, what spirit controls your mind? All right, well, that'll mess, mess us all up. <laughs> Take your hands off your head a minute. Just say this after me. My mind is controlled by spirit. My mind does not control spirit. I would like my mind to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. There are other options available, but we don't recommend them in this house. <laughs> okay, let's go put a hand on our head. Say after me, Holy Spirit, would you be the spirit that rules my mind? Would you help me to understand heaven's realities? Will you help me to walk on earth as you are in heaven? Would you give me less headaches and more revelation? Amen. Amen. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Okay, well, heaven is here. Uh, Holy Spirit is here. Heavenly Papa's here. And Jesus died on a cross and rose again to defeat sickness, sin, demonic power. Uh, if you're troubled in your brain with, with dark thoughts, we want to pray for you. If you have pain or sickness in your body, we want to pray for you. If you're just messed up, you can go and get coffee and cake. (laughs) If you want prayer, just find your way to the front and someone will pray with you. So thank you. It's been a great morning.